Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Thinking Well. We started a conversation in our last episode that we didn't quite get around to finishing. We want to go ahead and finish that up this week. So without a whole lot of introduction, we want to dive right back in. This is the conclusion of Troubled Times and Kyle, Tom, and our special guest, Pastor Zach Hatton of Lake Worth Baptist Church, are going to go ahead and wrap it up. So enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I think some of the questions that some people may have in when we meet situations like this, as far as the situation itself, um, from a law enforcement perspective, um, what should we do if we find ourselves in a situation like the situation that we had here in Allen a few weeks ago? Well, it, it would depend. Yeah, I always, I see these things and, and I hope, I guess you guys as men probably, I think it's just a man thing maybe. I hope it is. I hope, I hope there's like some uh, inner valor of individuals, uh, like what you would do if there was some sort of emergency situation. I, I, you know, my, my inner 80s kid comes out and be like, I'm going to be like a G.I. Joe. You know, I'm going to. But you know, at this side of like I guess nearly twenty years of law enforcement, it's it's been eighteen years now. I I do kind of process a little bit different. What would I do? And if I can get a give a throw real quick to just Christians in general, what I believe about Christians in general is that this should make you. The fact that you know Christ, it should make you the bravest, most courageous individuals on the planet. Why? Because where are you going when you check out of this world? Yeah. If I was going to look for my dream team, you know, in just an emergency situation... You know, and I didn't know anybody, and I needed to. I need to to uh, just like I was at a mall, and and uh, you know, I find out that okay, this person has a weapon, or this person's willing to fight. And we're like, I, th those are questions that I would ask. Like, hey, do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Do you know Jesus Christ as okay? You guys with me, let's go because <laughs> because. I, you know, yeah. on their testimony, yeah. they know where they're going. I know where I'm going. So no, let's no, no fear let's, and death. Yes, yeah. exactly right. right. Those you, you should be the the most valor driven individual on the planet. Now, okay, get that out of the way. It, it just if I was in that situation, it would depend on if I had my family with me. Okay, it would depend on can I get them to adequate safety because that's going to be my priority. They are, they are my primary sphere. If I'm just a, a regular Joe walking around with my family on a whatever afternoon at a mall, I, I need to get them safe. If I can get them safe, I, I will try to address the threat uh, and it would just, it, that, that also would depend. There are so many different variables, uh, that you'd need to think about. You'd need to think about, okay, you're dressed in street clothes and, and every, you know, that everybody heard a gunshot or several gunshots 
they don't know necessarily where they're coming from and you are running with your firearm out, no insignia, no, yeah. uh, uh, nothing to identify mm-hmm. you as the good guy. So for all, uh, another carrier would know you might be the guy and now you have blue on blue. That's bad. And, and so there are a lot of variables that you're going to have to think about if you're going to be addressing something, how, how fast, uh, you need to move, uh, how fast the police are in, in getting there. Um, what is the imminency of danger? Is it actively happening? Um, uh, I I don't know. There, there's probably, there's a, there's so many questions that would run through my mind, but it, it is okay if you're in a situation like that because I know it'll happen if if you if you're not regularly involved in that kind of stress reaction just happens and whether it's a reaction to just run away or a reaction like I'm going to I'm going to engage there is absolutely nothing wrong with you posting up against a wall posting up against some sort of cover and assessing what you're about to do and, and just slowing everything down before you decide. There's nothing wrong in the world with that. You, you make your argument, oh, well, there's an emergency situation. Yeah, yeah, maybe one that you, you can see or you can't see because that's going to make yeah. a difference. <laughs> uh, if you can't see it, slow down uh, because the, the worst thing that you can do is just go full hardy in a situation that, that you don't have the intel. You don't you don't really have, like, I don't know if you've ever been around shots. Sometimes it's hard to tell where those shots are coming from. Yeah. And um, you, you can slow yourself down to, to kind of settle your mind on what you're willing to do. Our church is uh, over a, a flight path for a military base. Yeah, it if, is true. I don't know if anyone, anyone heard that, but... I'm sure they heard it. Yeah. How could they not? Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Uh, so if you, if like, I would throw throw it back to you guys, uh, just because there are so many variables, uh, is there anything that specifically that you would want to know uh, getting into those? And maybe some listeners uh, jumping in on this might, might be like, oh, I've always wondered that. Well, I think it's important. When, when you're talking about these kind of situations, I mean, I, you know, if you do carry, if, if you do want that and, and, and you, you know, are a Christian and, and, and you've put yourself in that scenario made mentally that, hey, if something were to happen, obviously you want to protect your family. But if you need to, if you need to fight, you will fight, right? Sure. If, if you put yourself there and that's what you decided, that's the kind of person you're going to be. I think you have to couple that up with situational awareness. Sure. Daily everywhere you go and and it's there's a difference between that and being paranoid I believe and you have to be able to know what to look for just always kind of be on guard to be ready because yes there there are things that are normal that you would expect to see places and there are things that are definitely counter that and you know as you pick up on more things and add, maybe as you carry more and you I think you'd be able to pick up on those things and so that's that's something I would say. Something that's helped me is sure. just kind of understand where you're at, you know, 
understand what's happening. I'm actually and what glad to look for. you. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because what we're talking about here, if we're talking about Allen, we're talking about you know the school shooting. Um, we are talking about what uh, it's, this is not my term, but it is a good term. I think the guy named Larkin is is the guy that coined this phrase. He calls it asocial violence. What he means by asocial is that it's not social. It's 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 outside of the realm of any kind of normalcy. You're you're talking about uh, high potential for uh, serious bodily injury or death, and and it's by and by for all intents and purposes a, a psychopath looking to take life. That is asocial violence. And so if we're looking to engage something in public. Uh, or, or, or our life, and so, so okay, let me back up. We're trying to protect the life of someone else that is in imminent threat of bodily, serious bodily harm, injury, or death, or ourselves or our families because of asocial violence. It's on. Sure, act. Otherwise, walk away. Yeah. Get out of there. Uh, the reason I... I had to make that clarification. I remembered a case that I worked a long time ago and there was this guy at an Albertsons and he loaded up his buggy with just primo meats, like all the way to the top. I'm just like, I don't know, at least a couple thousand dollars worth of meat in a bucky. <laughs> and, a and so he was trying to like casually come up to the, the counter and then he got to the counter and he just busted out of the store and then like employees started chasing him and uh he made it all the way across the parking lot through all of this he dumped the meat in the back of the truck <laughs> jumped in the <laughs> truck uh donutted in the parking lot came out of the the back and then this this ltc carrier you know they had ltc back in the day uh, now you know now it's wild wild west out there, but yeah. uh, but this this carrier a concealed carrier runs in front of the store while this guy's trying to exit gets behind the truck I mean, and like it gets behind like he he's he's on foot the carrier's on foot he gets behind the truck as it's leaving draws his weapon and fires into the back of this truck. What he takes the shoplifting pretty seriously he yeah you don't shoplift around this fellow okay that's not a social <laughs> violence like nobody was being harmed at all he he stole meat okay he stole cows uh, you know frozen cow and, and thought that that would be a a good place for a deadly force situation that is not a deadly force situation wow and uh, so use optimal discretion if you are a carrier or you feel like you need to intervene in a situation you are looking for asocial violence things that are not you're not able to escape it or the person that the victim of it is not able to escape it and if you don't step in uh people will die or there's a, at least a, a a very very high chance that they would and, and and don't you dare ask me, well, how will I know? You'll know. 
You know, it'll it'll <laughs> seem so unnatural. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. You will know. I think that I think that leads up to probably the final the final question I would I would pose for this topic is. I mean, you've said it, but the actual question is in situations like this and it comes to a place where you know you're going to have to use justifiable violence to stop something. Um, as Christians, hmm. how, do, how, do we, how do we handle that? How do we deal with that? Um, I, I, think, I think a lot of the argument you would hear was, well, the Bible says that thou shalt not kill, right? Yeah. Um, how do we approach that? I mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of, especially here in Texas, you know, there's a lot of guys that carry, and there's a lot of guys in churches that carry, and so the likelihood of one of those people being involved in something like this as time progresses is extremely high, right? Um, I mean, God forbid, but sure. some, a you Christian's going right. to be put in a Christian's going to be put in that situation at some point. It's such a heavy question, right? It's um, it's I believe I know the answer. And I'm gonna let Zach answer it, but it's <laughs> it's tough, right? Like God, like like Zach said, God forbid you're ever put in a situation, right? You're not looking for it, but I will say this, and I'll let Zach answer. I, I think that as Christians, especially. There, there might become a time where we have to preserve life, yeah, and that, that takes the first. I mean, that that's it. That's priority number one, right? Protect life. Um, but no, Zach, I'd love to hear you answer this. I mean, I think it's a question that I think a lot of people struggle with. Sure. Um, I'm gonna. I, I was. I had so many thoughts while you guys were were talking. So hopefully, I'll be able to reassemble them as I'm speaking now. Uh, going all the way back, it is something that I struggled with early on as a young police officer. Like, can I do this? I mean, you you better be thinking about those questions if you carry a gun on your hip for a living. You you you, yeah. you better figure out dignity. You better be able to figure out um, the the sanctity of life, and if you can handle that. And and, and then you're right. Is is this okay for a Christian? Oh man, uh, are we supposed to be some sort of Christian pacifist? Is is Christianity and pacifism uh, uh, a, a in harmony with each other? Hmm. Um, well, you have to go all the way back uh, to Genesis. And you're looking at the what's called the Noahic Covenant, where where God identified because they had just gotten out of this like hugely violent situation, where where the every heart was only evil continually, and the violence was all over the earth, and uh, God reestablishes a covenant with Noah, and gave him a covenant. Uh, for him to spread out to everybody else, and the covenant was this. Uh, well, part of the part of the Noahic covenant was this: was guarding the dignity of human life. It, it was if you if you take somebody's life, then you you have forfeited your life. 
uh, I always like to say, like, if you kill somebody, you deserve to get killed back. You know, as far as, as far as God is concerned, yeah. God, your life is required. God, God says, yep. yeah, God says you gotta you gotta have your life taken. And and what that is 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 just you know like well why? Well, He's guarding the sanctity of life. And I'll tell you this, like that's why the capital punishment should be sanctioned by our government. Yeah. Because there's that's a powerful deterrent. There is everything uh, scary about that. That like if if you if your hatred some of somebody just boils over and you you come unhinged, that's a really sobering reality. Like you better be ready to die if you're going to take somebody else's life unjustly. And 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 that's the point, isn't it? So if we're talking about a social violence and we're talking about protecting life, uh. If, if there's somebody obviously not honoring the dignity of life in in that situation, it is it is part of the Noahic covenant. It is part of honoring the dignity of life. They have forfeited their life at that point, and you do that to save life. So if somebody forfeits their life, uh, you're completely in the clear. I always liked uh, what Adrian Rogers says that that all murder involves killing, but not all killing is murder. Such a great quote. It's awesome. Yeah. It 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 helped me a lot. And so, I mean, honestly, what are you going to do? Somebody breaks into your house, and and they have a gun. Are you going to look at them and say, "Peace, brother"? I'm a Christian pacifist. Or would morality dictate that you take action against that individual to protect your your innocent family? Yeah. Well, to protect your innocent family, the most moral thing to do is take out the person who forfeited their life by an unjust act uh, 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 um, uh, against an image bearer. And, and that's really what it comes down to. That's what God said. The reason you get your life taken is because you are, you are moving against the creator because man was made in my image. God wasn't taking away dignity. He was adding to dignity. We add to dignity when we, when we uh, enforce this rule that God created for us. Anybody that gets away from the death penalty, you haven't you haven't brought humanity up. You have brought humanity down. So that's how we that's how we answer that question. Yeah. That's it's kind of kind of with my thought process. We're all on the same page. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I think we've we've talked about it here locally in our church before. Right. I mean, in our in our Sunday school class, you know, starts at ten, and you know, we usually don't actually start until like you know. 10, 20, 10, you know, Easy. 10, 25, yeah. but, uh, but that's a lot of, you know, that, that time is, is used for that. A lot of these really tough questions. And yeah. that was one that was brought up about a month ago, but, um, it's a tough one. It's really hard. Right. Cause it's, and it should be right. It has to be right. But I think as Christians, we, we always have to err on the side of preserving life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because to be Christ-like and to be God-like, which is our goal as Christians, that is what God is like. Yeah. That's one of the defining characteristics of God. 
to preserve preserve life. Yeah. God is the giver of life. That's, That's it. That's exactly right. And so we we just get on that page. We just get on his agenda. We we fight for life, but sometimes when we fight for life, that means fighting against a social violence or we can just call it what it is, evil. We fight against evil. Yeah. And that's what I'm, and there's another plane if you can hear it. Yeah. Uh, you, you are in for a treat. Uh, I'm just gonna guess it's a, an F-16, yeah. F-22. Sounds like an F-22. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in a closed room, can't see it at all. Sure can't hear it. Yeah, no windows. But yeah, I mean that's why we need a strong military. Oh, this is something else I was going to think. I, I, I thought about at least this part of my thought gathering. Uh, you know, uh, some of the the followers, the most ardent followers of Jesus Christ, uh, were centurions. You know, he never told a centurion, "Hey, you need to get out of that profession." <laughs> he never told a Roman soldier, "Hey, you probably shouldn't be a Roman soldier anyway." He always affirmed them, held them in honor. In fact, there was a centurion that Jesus said, I've not seen faith like this ever. Yeah. Like, he, this guy has the most most faith I have seen so far. <laughs> That's a pretty good compliment. <laughs> and you understand something about the centurions is that these were some bad dudes. These were the backbone of the Roman army. Yeah. And, and, and you're not going to get in that place without having... You know, uh, some experience on your hands, yeah. let's say, uh, without being crude. They knew what to do on a battlefield is what I'm saying. But Jesus gave them honor that, that you can serve in Caesar's army. Yeah. I, I think that's fascinating, don't you? That, that Jesus gave them credit? Well, and he, not only that, he didn't ask them to jump into his army. You know what I mean? Sure. You're serving the whatever power is in rule, but you can you can serve me in that serving. That's right? exactly he didn't, right. It, yeah. He he was it, it, he was giving honor to them as a person, but also to their position, and to their in, vocation, to their vocation, That's and exactly like right. even soldier, in that right. political climate, the, the fortitude. Yeah, of, yeah, absolutely. Sure. And so, you military people out there, uh, be blessed. Uh, you are in an honored position. And sometimes to fight evil, life has to be taken. We hate that. We're not for that. We don't rejoice in that. But we do understand it, that, that when you cross a line on human dignity, it's mournful. But, but now you forfeited your life. Mm -hmm. It's sobering. No, absolutely. I, there's no way around it. I think you have to start there and and, and look outwards, for sure. That was a was a tough conversation. It, it is, uh, and and again, it it should be. We we shouldn't be talking about life flippant flippantly. Yeah, we we shouldn't be giddy or gleeful. I've had a couple of close calls in my career, and I, I got to tell you, it it was. I'm glad that I didn't have to. I'll say that. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I was spared from that because uh, I I was just horrified to to even think about it. I've had some really close calls, 
and and God has spared me from that. Um, and and so that's why I had to I had to think really heavily on is this is this even okay? Is this even right? Um, but the the more the, the more you understand about how God cares for life, there's everything right about it. And so no, not easy, but essential. And and I'll clarify something else just so uh, we're on the same page about what it means to have a social violence and then a criminal captured. Uh, we, we are not to be judge, jury, executioner. If there's something imminent, okay, handle it. Uh, if it's, if it's the law, then the law has to handle it. There has to be an apparatus of government above you. We're, we're not out there being judge dread. Then, hey, <laughs> They need to die. You know, that's not what we do. Uh, we, we are uh, very much for uh, the, the sanction of the government. Uh, that is a Romans 13 principle. And so we, we, uh, we need to support the government, trust the government, preach to the government when they get it wrong. Um, but we, we're, not, we're not the arbiters of justice in that way. Um, if if some if some criminal is captured, then they deserve every right uh, that is afforded to them in our constitution, and and you be sober minded about that. So, just for the sake of extra clarity, I never know who's going to be listening to me. Like, hey, save that, you know. Yeah. I'm like, no, you said you tell them. You know. <laughs> no, it, it was a good clarification. You know, I. I did have a couple more questions regarding it. I, you know, one of the biggest things that I, I see is in the world today is just a lot of hopelessness, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, you know, you look at it and I, I think it's easy to just kind of have a mentality of kind of all hope is lost. This is beyond saving. That kind of goes back to what you were saying about being complacent and just kind of bunkering up in our churches. But I mean, I, I guess the question I would ask is, you know, where... Where's the hope, right? Where's the hope in this kind of loss? When, when we see this kind of loss of life, whether it's Allen, Nashville, Uvalde, you name it, right? There's so many. But, you know, where where's the hope in this kind of loss? Um, I would say that, that God is more heartbroken broken about it than we are. That's that, good. that there is, uh, there's a call to be able to look around and say, this isn't right. And what direction do you want to look? Well, in my trouble, I like to look upward. Um, wow. I had a thought and it flittered away right out of my mind. But that's really what it, what it amounts to. Oh, I remember. I had a friend... Uh, when I was in high school and his parents were drug dealers and he remembered, you know, growing up and parents were always fighting over money. I mean, like when I say fighting, I mean like loud fighting and money counters in the back and 
and just everything that comes with the underworld of drug dealing. And so, as far as I know to this day, I hadn't talked to him in years and years, but he always sleeps with the TV on. At least, when, like when we were in high school, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like if we had like, like a. Can I say sleepover? It was like yeah, is that the we, real know, term we, we know what like, you mean. We like, know what you mean. <laughs> slumber party. <laughs> it was just like a slumber party, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but for guys, but for guys, <laughs> but for yeah. dudes, Manly like what sleepover. is that called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just complete chaos, you know. But I could never, I could never put my pallet on the floor next to him because he'd have to sleep with the TV so loud. And just I, to you know, like drown out the noise. I, I asked. Well, yeah. Well, what happened was like he did that. He learned that as a little kid. And so it drowned it out. His parents fighting and all the all the goings on of the, of the kitchen inside of it. So he just learned to turn the TV up really loud so he couldn't hear any of that. And he just carried it with him into high school. And I was like, man, I, I don't know how you sleep like that. And he's like, well, if you grew up like I did, uh, you'd probably do the same thing. And so I asked him one day. I said, man, how'd you make it out? Because I mean, because the the chances of that are just nil, mm. right? But he said he said something profound. I mean, looking back on it now, as a thirty-nine-year-old dude, you know, t- you know, looking back at a teenager, he said something quite profound. He he said, "I I didn't know quite what to do, but I know it wasn't that way." And if you can get there as a culture, you can get there as a civilization. If you can get there as a as a people group, and you're looking at all of this violence around you, you're looking at all this multiplicity, you ask, like, where's the hope? You're like, it should cause you to look around and say, uh, something's wrong here. And I don't know exactly the right way to go right now, but I know it's not that way. Yeah. It's, I know it's not isolating. I know it's not, you know, what what I've been doing. You you compare your life to like some of these individuals that that come unhinged. I would challenge you to like look at the difference of their life and your life. I mean, like, uh, do they go to church? Uh, do they have a community? Do they um, do they do they have anything that they appeal to in, in in terms of the divine? I mean, like if you if you can see like some unsavory parallels in your life. I mean, goodness gracious, you, you might be walking on a path and be like, man, that, that could have been, that could be me. Like, I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at my job. I'm mad at my parents. I'm mad at, you know, you, you see all of these things. Like, I'm filled with hatred. And like, where, where's this coming from? And you see, like, if you take it to the ultimate end, like these people did, I mean, what's keeping that from happening in you? Honestly, what's keeping that hap- from happening in you? And, and you look around all this stuff and be like, and this is all wrong. I don't know exactly where to go, but I know it's not that way. Here's what the Bible says. And this breakdown, this is a breakdown from like uh, Romans chapter one, Romans chapter two, Romans chapter one uh, talks about like a reprobate mind. Romans chapter two talks about how, how uh, what, what God, well, actually Romans one also talks about uh, God giving us the conscience and God giving us creation uh, to lead us to him. And chapter two kind of expands on leading to him. And, and, and Paul's argument is a Pauline argument. 
for sure. It is very deep and very, <laughs> very thorough. But basically what it can boil down to is this, is that light leads, light leads to more light and darkness will lead to more darkness. Light yeah. compounds with light. Darkness will compound with darkness. Yeah. And so even if you don't know where to go, I mean, just praying a simple prayer. You say, where's the hope? Just praying a, a simple prayer like this. Like, so I, I know that, you know, the school system's not doing it for us. I know that the federal government's not doing it for us. I know that my, uh, maybe my community leaders aren't doing it. Like, are, are you going to follow them into, you know, the, what it means to be more human, what it means to be, uh, like our having intrinsic value. Are you going to get that from other people? How about this? Just, just say, God, um, will you show yourself to me? Will you reveal yourself to me? Um, and, and what I mean by light leading to light is that you, you pray a prayer like that just in your simplicity, just in your uh, searching, just, just trying to find some hope. You start out with a really small prayer. Here's what I know from the Bible is that light will compound with light. He'll give you, he'll, he'll run somebody into your life. Uh, he'll run you into a situation that uh, is, will, will help you get to the next stage. But here's something else that I know. Darkness compounds with darkness. And the more that you reject it, the darker your life becomes. And the more lost it becomes, the more unmoored it becomes. And so part of the way that we look for hope in a situation like this is, is, is we know that it's wrong. Okay, how do you know that it's wrong? Take that. Another way that you find hope in this situation is uh, letting light lead to more light. For God's people, um, hope comes from this is not the way that it's going to end. This is not the way the story ends. Uh, th that there will be ultimate judgment. And how? listen, how great is that? I mean, even, even if, you know, a suspect you know, is taken care of and, and they're not, they're, they're taken out, out of this world and they don't have an opportunity to hurt anybody else anymore. Okay, that's good. But you still have families that are without family members. What, what, do, you, what do you do? I mean, like, there's still a loss there. Mm -hmm. Or the best that we can do if somebody survives and you have a government um, that, that doesn't believe in the death penalty and, you know, they're just sitting in prison. In the meantime, their victim was killed and then you have a, a family mourning uh, for the loss of somebody that's never going to be walking back through the door. N they're never going to come back. Well, and then knowing that that person that did that, they're not, they're not being really punished they're, for yeah, it, right? They, like they're, they're they not not equally squares. punished. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a fair judgment. Yeah. But, but we know as Christians that God will bring an ultimate judgment against that kind of evil. That every wrong will be righted. Every every injustice will be answered. Every tear will be dried. Every sorrow will be 
wiped away. And so there's, there's different levels of hope. Hope in the fact that we see that this is not how it's supposed to be. Hope in the fact that God can lead us to him. And then hope for the Christian that God will make everything right in his time. Absolutely. That, that, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of hope when you look at it that <laughs> way. <laughs> so much hope. It's eternal hope is right. what it is. Hope, I think it's the best way to look at it. Now and hope later, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I think we should end on this. One last question here I have is, you know, I, I think for unbelievers, something that um, they might be troubled with and, and something that or even believers, right? I mean, you look at something as, as heinous as some of these acts that are happening, um, you know, it's just, it's, killing of innocence, and you ask, where is God in all of this, right? I mean, again, one of the things we talked about in Sunday school, I think a couple weeks ago, but it was, the question was, okay, you know, this stuff is happening in our world, where is God? Sure. Why Why is this happening? Sure. Um, well, First John probably says it best, that God is love. And so when you're, when you're talking about like, well, maybe what I'm hearing in your question, like, why didn't God stop it? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Where, where, where is he? Why, if, if he was there and he's all powerful, why did he not stop it? What kind of system are you asking for when you're asking for something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of system? Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it the system that, oh, well, why couldn't have God uh, kept me from stumping my toe? against the wall when I was walking across my house in the dark. Uh, why, why couldn't God have, uh, I was about to burn my mouth on coffee. Why couldn't he lowered the temperature a little bit more so that that way I wouldn't have scolded my tongue when I took a sip. When you're, when you're asking like, where is God and, and why didn't he do anything he operates with us on the basis of love. And the base of, basis of love says that there is choice involved. And, and, and he lets us choose uh, what we do. And necessarily in a sin-cursed world and with our own sin nature, there's hurt associated with the choices that we make. So... If you're asking, like, why does not God intervene? You're not asking, you know, like, you, you don't understand what you're asking because you're asking for a system in which you, you don't operate on the basis of choice. You operate on the basis of God operating in you like an automaton. Yeah. And you become like a flesh robot. Yep. That's not the system that God created. The system that God created is that we freely love him. And as we choose to love him, um, harmony happens. As we choose to love him, uh, we have, we're sitting on a couch together, guys, and we, we have community with each other. Yeah. We have unity with each other. We have friendship with each other. And so as we, as we love God, we love others, and, and there's, there's true benefit to these choices that we are making. Now, when you see multiplied evil, and 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 you're like, what, what in the world? Where's God? Well, they're operating on the basis of choice. 
And we can choose not to love him. And when we see evil in the world, we're just looking at a whole bunch of people that are choosing not to love God. Yeah. We, we kind of sp- spoke about it earlier, right? Sure. When we, when we step out of the circle of protection, right? When someone in their heart continually disregards truth sure. and godly wisdom and stops striving in that direction, you know, with the premise that there is no neutrality, um, you're going to make a decision, right? Not choosing is choosing. And, uh, no, I, I completely agree with that, right? It's, there is free will. And, and, and that's, and, that's the, the yeah. that's how love operates. And you, <laughs> and you harm yourself and guess what? You harm other people. That's exactly what happens. Those are the consequences of not loving God. You are affected and other people around you are affected. Yeah, and I think I think when we get when we start going down that road of asking those questions like that, to your point of like they're asking for a certain system, right? I don't think people realize, well, if God controls that situation, that means he controls every situation. Do you want a God that controls your life that way and makes all of your decisions right. for you? Because you, it, it can't be, well, God should just control the truly evil people and stop them from doing stuff. Well, we're we're all evil. To your point, we have to make that choice. Sure. And if you're if you're asking for a God that just stops everything from happening, that, then that then he's gonna then he's gonna yeah. stop everything from happening. <laughs> okay. Like you're a, you're a, all bad a, again. <laughs> you're not gonna have yeah. any free will. Yeah. You're not gonna be There'd able be no to do yeah. anything. Well, well, oh well, I like to sit down and you know listen to this type of music. Well, that type of music doesn't necessarily glorify God, yeah. right? Well, and and music can be kind of amoral, where it's not like it doesn't no, have a morality to it, right? But that's besides the point. Well, but if you have a God that controls everything then he's going to control every aspect of your life too, not just the aspect of that. And that's not the kind of God that he is. Yeah, well, and, and uh, here's, here's something else that's really, really important. Is that, and so we're, we're looking at you know, this, this world as it stands right now. We, we are part of it. We are part of history. And, and um, you know, why is there so much evil? I think Peter said it best when he said that that God's not slack concerning his promise, mm-hmm. but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so if we understand this, this, this love mandate, this choice, everything, and then God needing to do something about evil, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you just get rid of all of it? Okay, let's let's take that avenue also. Why don't you just take care of it then? If you're gonna, if you can't stop me, you can't stop evil. You know, or, or, or like you're you're allowing choice. Well, why don't we just do away with evil? Well, to to God for God to do away with evil, he would now have to close the curtain on human history. <laughs> and if he closes the curtain on human history, that means that there's no more opportunity to trust him. It's, it's gone. It's over. And, and could it be that the person listening to this, wondering those questions, you know, why doesn't God do away with evil? It, it might just be God waiting on you 
<laughs> another day. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as that closes, if he's going to do away with sin and do away with evil, that means your opportunity for hope of trusting in him has has passed. And now and now there is no opportunity. And um goodness. Well, I mean, why else has he tarried this long, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's to save which one is more, lost, right? One just, more, yeah. one more day. Right. That's exactly right. And so that's how we look at it. It's I mean, we see multiplied evil in the world. Uh, and that's that's true in one sense. In another sense, we we should see multiplied mercy in the world because he's waited, he's suffered us another day. Yeah, that's good. Multiplied hope in this world because he's suffered us another day. There's another opportunity to serve him. There's another opportunity to trust him. There's another opportunity to change, another opportunity to turn to him. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it's... <sighs> I would encourage anyone listening to this that if if that's a just kind of a foreign concept to you, feel feel free to reach out. Uh, we would love to just get in a conversation with you about uh, specifically how much God loves you, uh, w- why we have as Christians the hope that we have, and why we can sit here and have these kind of conversations. And while it's heartbreaking to us, and there, there. We shouldn't be able to make sense of it. That that there are answers, and that and that we can find them in God and His Word. Uh, it it is a, like Zach said, it should be a difficult um, conversation to sit down and have because we have to have it at all. But we should have a conversation about it, and not just kind of let it be the dark portion of our society that no one really wants to approach and. Uh, address because the the more we try to ignore it and the more we try to come up with as we've talked about all these reasons why these kind of things happen I think just by listening you've heard that these kind of things happen because evil's in this world um, yeah and evil doesn't make things less complicated no. it makes things more complicated and it, it started all the way back when evil first entered this world and we're going to continue to deal with it but one day true one day. Um, It'll all be set right, you know, and that's a day that every believer should look forward to. Yeah. Right? As Zach said, the, the closing um, of human history, while it's, you know, one side of it's the end of a period of time where there's an opportunity to accept the free gift of salvation, but the other side of that is the end of hurt, death, pain. Yeah. Um... I think that wraps up for us, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can put a, a punctuation great mark on it here. It was really good. Yeah. Zach, appreciate you taking the time yeah, to be with us tonight. Uh, look forward to having you on again and just discussing more stuff. We didn't we didn't quite get to the Bible topic, but there's time for that. There's right. Time I think for we'll, that. Yeah, we'll try to tackle that next. Yeah. Um, as a yeah. kind of a teaser, again, the next segment that we'll try to tackle is uh, a you know, truth nugget. Uh, segment again, waiting for that brand deal, Chick Fil A, uh, of why the Bible, why do we believe that it is the objective standard truth that we must live our life by? Uh, but we will tackle that next, God willing. But we appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening, and for uh, taking another plunge into the thinking well. Mm-hmm.